Welcome to Coffee and Jesus. I'm your host, Jael Penn, coming to you from the great state of Texas. We are on uh, session five of spiritual warfare. So tonight I want to talk to you about the different areas that Satan will try to attack you, such as in your physical body or using uh, your family to hurt you or messing with your finances. So he, um, he has his own set of strategies. And one that he uses quite often is a physical attack. Now, not all sickness comes from Satan. Some of it comes from our own just bad choices of overeating or eating the wrong things, not getting your annual physical exam to check up on your body as you get older, etc. So not all illness is caused by Satan. Some of it is because we break the natural laws. Exhaustion. Satan loves to take advantage of people who are tired. Remember when Elijah was so tired and discouraged that he wanted to die? Mm-hmm. Um, he can take advantage of us through the abuse of our bodies by drinking um, too much alcohol, taking drugs, etc. But when you're sick... You need to seek and pray to God and ask, why am I sick? Did I do something or is this Satan? Now, I'll give you an example. And I had never had this happen before until this year. And it really scared me because it was just crazy. And I knew what it was and I didn't know how to fix it. So I basically fell prey to like a... A spirit of stupor. I felt like I was drunk all the time at work. And it would always happen at work. And I've, I've never even been drunk before, I promise you. Yes, I've drank alcohol, but I've never been drunk. But I felt like what it looked like on television. And it would always happen at a certain point in the day. And I would just get so tired, I would like start falling asleep. And then it started happening more often and then it started happening on my drive home. And my drive home was very long, like 75 to 90 minutes. And I fell asleep at the wheel at least four or five times. And I thought, okay, God, I really need your help with this because I'm not trying to die right now. If you want me to come home, that's great. But I, don't, I know this is not you. So in regards to physical attacks, you have to remember that God is in control. And that remember, and I know this is hard for some of you to swallow. Satan cannot do things to you without the knowledge and permission of God. Now, so sometimes he allows things to happen to, like in my case, shake me up, wake me up to the fact that he needed me to move. He needed me to move closer to my job and I was resisting that. Um, sometimes he allows things to happen for you to grow closer to him, for you to realize. And he'll put you in a situation where he's the only one, meaning God, who can help you because God is the God of healing. 
Satan also likes to attack us through people. Like false prophets, for example. And right now, y'all, there are a lot of false prophets out there. That's why you have to know the word of God. Anybody who's trying to get you to follow them and talks more about their interpretation of the word rather than giving you actual scripture. Um, people who talk about God but who never talk about Jesus, you need to run. You need to run because they are not right. I promise you, you're just going to have to trust me on this. Satan likes to target your finances and material things, especially if he knows, like that's one of your idols, then he will do that. Mm -hmm. Remember how Satan attacked Job by destroying everything? Because Job was a righteous man and Satan was like, I bet I can get him to stop following you. Well, it didn't work. Job still praised God. And he came out with more than he had to begin with. So Satan tries to get you in business with unbelievers. He tries to keep you in debt. He tries to, with some people. Do you know people who just latch on to every get-rich-quick scheme there is? I knew somebody like that, and he died penniless. Um, he tries to get you not to pay your tithes and offerings or your first fruits. So he'll try to mess with your finances. That's one of his tactics. He'll also try to mess with you through your family, especially if they're close to you. So if you have a child that's a dear child to you, then all the bad stuff will happen to that kid. Because he knows that's a way for you to get angry with God. So just remember what I'm telling you so that you'll know when it's him. Now, um, debating on talking about the transference of spirits because now we're getting to some really deep stuff here. And I'm hearing from the Lord, no, move on. Okay, we're not going to talk about that today, apparently. And that is fine because it's a difficult topic. And I don't want to confuse or, or mislead anyone. So you are welcome to <laughs> look that up on your own because we're not talking about that today. So, moving on. Just be careful. I will say this, be careful about who you allow to lay hands on you. And I will just leave it at that. Whew, I know we've gone through a lot of stuff. And now we've got to get to a very sensitive topic. Of what do you do when the people over you, like your pastor, for example, or your spouse or your boss, is not right? And you're like, Jael, you're saying a pastor can be part of Satan's plan? Absolutely. And I'm sorry to say that, but it's very, very true. This is why you have to know the word of God. 
he has his own, you know, Satan has his own system. He has his own ministers and he has people, he has his little demons who know the word of God better than you. Satan is very good at imitating Jesus and sounding like Jesus. Just think about it. How many times, and maybe you've never done this before, and thank goodness if you haven't, but there are people who have the gift of prophecy, but Satan uses them for astrology and horoscopes and card readings and witchcraft and divinations when they actually have a supernatural gift given to them by God, but they aren't saved yet, so they don't know that it's for God. And so Satan uses them to influence people. And what they say can be very, very accurate. And yet it's wrong because it's for the work of darkness. So see what I'm saying? He's very, very crafty and he can imitate even gifts. And that's why you have to pray for discernment. So that you can understand his tactical maneuvers. There are so many churches and teachers now that proclaim to be Christian. And you need to make sure that they're Christian as in Christ, Christian, and not Christian as in New Age. Okay? So we've talked about spirits. There are seducing spirits that affect the spirit. There are, there are unclean spirits that affect your soul. And then there are spirits of illness that affect your body. And remember that as a believer, they can oppress you, but not fully possess, possess you. Now you have to learn how to deal with demonic excuse me, powers and entities as a part of spiritual warfare. And I know that sounds scary, but, you know, just remember that you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And God has given you authority. So again, a true believer cannot be possessed by a demon because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And the Holy Spirit, if your body is a temple, cannot have you and a demonic spirit in your temple at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. So how do demons gain control then? Well, there is such a thing as generational curses. That's very, very true. And here's my proof. You know families where everybody goes to jail or everybody's an alcoholic or everybody gets a divorce or everybody is an adulterer or everybody has a problem with gambling. That's how you know that there's some sort of generational oppression going on. Demons can also gain control through your mind. Joyce Meyer wrote a very insightful book called The Battlefield of the Mind. And Romans 1 does a very good job of describing um, 
sinful thoughts and actions and how it leads to oppression. Your own sin has consequences and demons will latch on to that. Your own lustful desires have consequences and demons will latch on to that. So Jesus has given us the ability to deal with demonic powers. However, initially when he gave it to the disciples, they were at a different level of understanding of God than you and I. Okay? And so we as just churchgoers, we can't go around just trying to cast out demons because if you don't know what you're doing, you're just going to make the situation worse. There are people who really are adept at dealing with demonic obsession or oppression. And we need to leave those situations to them so that we don't cause more problems. How do you know when someone's possessed? Well, they have unusual abilities like supernatural strength. They're just way too strong beyond the norm. Sometimes these people are just physically like not clean, like they won't bathe. Um, I've seen people foam at the mouth. I've heard funny, strange noises come out of their mouth or their voice changes. Sometimes they self-harm, like cut themselves. That could be a spirit. Um, there's a very strange cry that you hear unlike anything that you've ever heard before. Sometimes um, oppression comes in the form of addictions or obsession with immoral sexual behaviors or an extreme um, amount of fear, anxiety, depression, etc. Mark 6, 7 says, And he called him unto him the twelve, and began to send them forth two by two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. It's good to be with someone else when you're dealing with this. And like I said, um, this is not for everybody, and it's certainly not for the faint of heart. Because you're going to see, hear, smell things that are just foul. And it's very scary to see. Um, you'll probably never forget it. And it's just, it's not for everybody. If you're in the deliverance ministry, dealing with demonic uh, spirits, before you start, you should uh, have a time of worship. Make sure that you have an environment of faith-filled people 
who are of one mind and one accord, uh, praying together. And again, this is not for everybody. I'm just giving you just the bare bones of what to expect. A lot of people call this inner, inner healing, but to me, deliverance from um, demonic activity is a little different than um, inner healing. Inner healing mostly has to do with forgiveness. So that whatever emotional healing or familial healing needs to take place can take place so that there can be reconciliation. But deliverance from demons, that's a whole different can of worms. When you pray a prayer of deliverance, you have to specifically focus on the problem that you've identified. Luke 5.17 tells us that God has a way of deliverance and a special anointing when um, deliverance from demonic activity needs to take place. Faith, fasting, and prayer are absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. Remember that you have authority in the name of Jesus. And once um, a demon comes out and reveals himself, you must forbid it from re-entering. Mark 9.25 says, When Jesus saw the people that came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, Come out of him and enter him no more. Jesus would rebuke the spirits and basically tell them to shut up. He did not try to engage most of the time in conversation. Try to remember to say things like, I bind you. I command you, depart. In the name of Jesus Christ and on the basis of his authority, his blood and his Holy Spirit, I forbid you to reenter this person. I loose the Holy Spirit to fill this person with the delivering power of Jesus Christ. You'll know when the person's been delivered because um, there's always some sort of struggle with them coming out. And once they're gone, you will sense the departure or the, the release, if you will. And again, 
this is not for everybody and you certainly need to be trained and prayed up to do this sort of thing there are many stories that you can read in the Bible that reference demonic oppression possession and and how it was handled so um, as believers there's just so much to spiritual warfare and and I hope that you have learned something new about Satan about angels about our triune God about our abilities and what we can do in the name of Jesus with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and just remember that he's for you he's with you he's not expecting you to to fight on your own he sees the end from the beginning and there are things going on right now in the spiritual realm that you know nothing about. There are battles being fought on your behalf. You're being protected from a lot of things that you don't even know what's, what's going on. And remember that when Satan comes against you, sometimes it's for the testing of your faith, for you to learn obedience, for you to get prepared for ministry, for you to change, for you to, to grow for you to learn to lean on the Lord, for you to be um, equipped by others. There's just many reasons for the suffering and the affliction that we are allowed to go through. And yet, even when you don't hear him or feel him, God is still God. And he's still good. And he's for you. When you mess up, you stray off the path, you lose faith, you lose sight of God, refocus. Just refocus. Don't give up. Don't let the devil win. Just refocus. The Bible says that God is your deliverer in spiritual warfare. He's going to deliver your enemies into your hand he's going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies so I hope that you will consider the things that I've taught you in this little podcast and that you'll seek out the word on your own and take some Bible study classes and learn even more God bless you